going to turn to the book of Acts. We begin uh, going through the book of Acts, and we're going to continue to do so. We're going through the book of Acts for a purpose. Every book in the Bible is important, but the book of Acts is especially important in one respect, that it shows us how the church was born, and it shows us how to enter into the body of Christ. Beyond that, it shows us the power that's available to us as the body of Christ. Because we're not just to be a a body of believers that doesn't see power, doesn't see demonstration, doesn't see God's Spirit move. That's not the church. Amen. When the church is the true church, God moves as He's been moving today. And there's certain things we can expect. So as we go through the book of Acts, I know that we're going to have our... Go ahead and yeah, if you're not heading down already, uh, Sunday school children can, can head downstairs. But there's, there's things in the book of Acts that are going to change our thinking about who we are and what's available to us as the body of Christ. There's going to be revelation that we're going to understand, hey, there's more power for me. There's more that I can do in Jesus Christ. Acts 1.8 tells us, But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Amen. First and foremost, we'll get into the message in a moment, but when we receive the Holy Ghost, each and every one of us receives power. Amen. It doesn't just say, you who are ministers. And I'm talking about the American context of the word minister where we think it's clergy or uh, preachers or pastors or something. But you shall receive power. That's a universal thing. Everyone who receives the Spirit will receive power. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Amen. This is something that is in the Word of God It was spoken by Jesus Christ, God manifest in the flesh. It is something we can believe in today. We don't have to question it. It is forever settled in heaven that we will receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon us. Amen. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us today for the next few minutes. uh, Just to minister as he would have us. uh, To minister, to touch our hearts and minds today to receive his word. Lord Jesus, you are the author and the finisher of our faith. No man can come to you except the Spirit draw him. We need your help to understand your word today. It's not a matter of IQ or intelligence, human ingenuity or understanding, but it's simply a matter of revelation to really grasp and understand your word today. So we're dependent upon your Spirit. We're asking you to have your way to to quicken our hearts today, to quicken our minds today, to, to bring that which is dead to life today. Lord, if anything be dead in us, you can call it to life. Just as you called Lazarus out of a tomb, Lord, you can call it to life today, whether it's our hearts and our minds or our spirits or our dreams. Lord, whatever is dead today, bring it to life in us. Quicken us through the power of your spirit today, Lord, as your word goes forth. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 
We're going to begin with uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 4 through 5. We left off last week at this point. We introduced the book of Acts and, and some commandments that the Lord gave concerning it. But Acts 1, 4 through 5 says, Being assembled together with them, speaking of Jesus, He commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith He, You have heard of Me. The promise of the Father, we understand, is the Holy Ghost, because Jesus says, For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence, or not many days from now. The number one pursuit in our, reli- in our life as a believer in Jesus Christ should be to wait until we receive the promise. To seek after the promise of the Father. Because it is a promise. It is something He said is available to all of us that would seek Him. But sometimes it doesn't come instantly. It doesn't come on the first try or the first prayer. And we like things quick. We like things fast. We are a microwave society. We don't cook things in a conventional oven very often. We cook them in the microwave. They taste better in the oven. Something that tastes better takes longer to prepare. But when something is worth waiting for, we'll wait. And I referenced it the last couple of weeks, but I'll reference it again. Because it's still a hot thing. Chick-fil-A. Have you driven by there? Have you waited in line? A lot of people are. And they're willing to wait a long time. I went there at a quarter to ten the other day because they close at ten. And I had to get something else from the store. So I figured maybe I can just drop in real quick and get something. But nope. They were closing in 15 minutes. Yet the drive through was two lines deep. They were still having to circle around Target to get in line. So we're talking 20 to 30 cars at least in the driveway. Or the, the drive through rather. And then inside, people are lined up to the door. Waiting for their food. And then I went by there yesterday about 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. I guess it was 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And again, people are standing outside. Two lines all the way through the parking lot. Standing outside. Waiting to get inside. And then the drive through again. Just who knows how many cars. They're willing to wait for Chick-fil-A. They're willing to set aside their time to have some Chick-fil-A. And I don't know how long the average person was in line, but I would imagine probably for a good hour to two hours. I mean, how, how do you get that many people through the restaurant faster than that? We're talking a long time they're waiting. But sometimes we pray for five minutes and we start looking at the clock. Because we're, we have our, a small attention span, but just like if you're there at Chick-fil-A, you know there's something that you're waiting for that's worth it. And the Spirit of God is far more valuable 
than a chicken sandwich. I mean, it's supposed to be heavenly, but it's not something that can compare, obviously. Just because it doesn't happen right away doesn't mean we should forsake it. And I commend those in this church that have been with us for a few years now because we haven't seen everything we're praying for, obviously, right? But we're seeing things happen little by little. Some people, if they come to a church and they don't see what they want, they just leave because it's got to be happening somewhere else. But you've got to be willing to go where the Lord has sent you and wait. Amen? And wait. Because it is a promise. It will happen eventually. Romans 8.11 tells us of this power of the Holy Ghost in our lives. Romans 8.11 says, But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, if you have His Spirit, you have that same Spirit that Jesus had in Him. And it raised up Christ from the dead, and He shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. We can count on God's Spirit quickening us. Not just when we're going through something in life, but at the most important time, when the rapture happens. The Spirit of God will quicken us. It will raise us up. And it will take us to be with Him in glory. We need the Spirit of God. Amen? And that's why if church is dead... The Spirit's not there. Because if the Spirit is there, it's not dead. It's impossible. God is life. So if life is there, how can there be death and life simultaneously? There cannot be. And so if our life, we're, we're sensing darkness and we're sensing uh, depression and, and the, the things of this life that are dead and, and weights, we just need to get in the Spirit of God. We need to cry out for the Spirit to help us. And He'll quicken us. Amen. Acts 1, 6-8 says, When they therefore were come together, they asked of Him, saying, Lord, wilt Thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And He said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons, which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and the uttermost part of the earth. Amen. The Jews had a wrong concept of the kingdom of God. They wanted Jesus to overthrow Rome and let them rule. They were concerned with an earthly kingdom. They were materialistic and political. They wanted to rule in this life, in the physical. And the Lord told them later in Romans that it's not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. The kingdom of God is not of this world. Now, sometimes God will bless us with earthly things. 
We know that, and we see that in Scripture. But far more important are the eternal blessings. Because it's the inner man that lives forever. If we gain the whole world and we lose our soul, we have gained nothing, the Bible says. If we become the most popular person in the whole world and we lose our soul, we have gained nothing. Because this life is like a vapor compared to eternity. It's here one moment and it's gone the next. Amen. We're going to live forever. We must be saved. Amen. And again, God understands it takes the things of this life to advance the gospel. So He blesses us. He does. But we can't get it out of priority. We can't think He's given us money just so we can pat our pocket. He's only given us money so we can buy everything we want. He's given us money so we can advance the gospel. He doesn't mind if we bless ourselves with some things once in a while. That's not what I'm saying. But we can't just become a a dead reservoir. We have to flow. And Brother Brian and I were talking over breakfast the other day, and and I mentioned I heard one time someone say, the Dead Sea is the Dead Sea because it doesn't have a flow of water out of it. It just receives water. But it doesn't give a flow. And it's the same as Christians. If we just receive, 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 pretty soon we're dead. Because the Lord is giving us life, not just for us, but to give life to others. To give it to others. Amen. If we're using all of our talents and abilities just for me, and just for the pursuits of the things of this life, we are deceived. Amen. Again, the balance, if God gives you a good job, it's God's will for you to make a good income and, and have a, 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 great, a great house and a, and a car and all those things, that's fine if He leads you that way, but make sure you're in His will. Make sure you're asking for His direction. And you're not just doing what you want to do. Amen. Because the more you give, the more God can bless. You can never outgive the Lord. You can never outgive the Lord. When you obey Him and you give, He always replenishes. There's always enough. Like the woman with the cruise of oil. She gave the, what she believed was her last meal and she shared it. And God made sure she had enough for every meal from then on. She went back to the cupboard and there was enough. Every day, somehow, there was just enough for another meal. We have to look at eternity. It's not all about what's happening here. That's why, as much as we want to get the best president in office we can, I'm not going to lose sleep if a certain person gets elected, whoever that is. Because my hope is in Jesus Christ. My hope is in Him. As much as I love the United States of America and I'm thankful for our religious freedoms and liberties and all the great things of this nation, my hope is not in being an American. My hope is in Jesus Christ. No matter what happens to the the USA, 
God forbid anything horrible, but no matter what happens to the USA, I'm focused on eternal things. Amen. I'm looking for eternal things. It said it's not for you to know the time or the seasons. That word time is the word which means, it's chronos, which means time governed by the clock, the hours, the minutes, the days, the months, the years. It is not for us to know the time or the seasons. The seasons are those special moments of visitation by God. It's not for us to know the time when God will give a special visitation. Ephesians 5.15 says, See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time. Redeeming the special moment of visitation by God. Because the days are evil. In Galatians 6.9, we quote this verse a lot. Let us not be weary in well-doing. Some of you can quote the rest. For in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. In due season, in the special moment of visitation by God, we will reap. There's some things that only happen when God gives us a special visitation. Amen? And we don't know when God's going to show up and He's going to move in a mighty way. We don't always know. But we are called to seek Him until He does. We're called to do what we understand to do until He shows up. We don't know when Jesus is returning. No man knows the day or the hour. And some people say He's not coming back because He hasn't come back yet. But He is coming. He is coming. He could come tonight. He could come tomorrow. He could come any day. We don't know the special visitation of the Lord. We're called to just seek His will and to follow His instruction. Lord, when are you going to restore the, the kingdom of Israel? You don't, you don't need to know that. You just need to go to Jerusalem and you need to wait for the promise. That's all you need to know right now. Don't worry beyond that. So many times we get way ahead of God. Lord, I want to know what's supposed to happen 10 years. I don't, I'm showing you tomorrow. That's all you need right now. But Lord, what about 10 years? I'm working towards 10 years. I need to know how to plan tomorrow so that I'll get to the right place. Nope. You all, all I'm giving you is the bread for today. You try storing up that manna and it turns rotten on you the next day. Because He wants us to follow Him day by day. And sometimes He gives us more of the picture, but other times He just shows us enough for the next step. He gave them enough information for them to follow. They didn't need to know more. Go to Jerusalem. Wait for the promise. And sometimes we're all worried about heaven. What's heaven going to be? If we haven't received the Spirit, we're way ahead of the game. Jesus says, marvel not, you must be born again. 
You're worried about heaven and you haven't even entered the kingdom. You must be born again. Amen. The Lord gives us power. Amen. We're not to know the times or the seasons which the Father, the, the, the eternal Spirit of God hath put in His own power. And that means His own authority. He controls time. He controls His visitations. It's His will. But He gives us power which is a doing power. He gives us the ability to do until He comes. Acts 4.33 says, With great power, this is the same word as in Acts 1.8, With great power, with great doing power, with great ability, gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. There was power in what they they were able to show that Jesus raised from the dead. It wasn't just words coming out of their mouth. But there was things happening that gave witness to the resurrection. Again, if we, all we have is words, we are not the true church. If we just have a doctrine or a belief system... Even though it may be a good belief system, even though people might enjoy a decent life because of it, if there is no resurrection power, it's not of God. There's a lot of good religions in the world that have good, good uh, mottos and good things to follow and, and they'll improve your life. But if you don't have resurrection power... You're just improving your life a little bit here. Not all roads lead to heaven, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be uh, uh, exclusive or, or, or act like I have a corner on the market. It's not my kingdom. But Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other way. So we pray and we hope that others will come to that understanding. But just having a belief system doesn't mean you're part of the church. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed, Romans 1.16, of the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also the Greek or the Gentile or every other ethnicity in the world. The gospel is the power of God that saves us. Again, it's not just something we, we talk about and we, and we believe. It's something that changes our lives. It saves us. Amen. The power of God saves us. The power that raised up Christ from the dead enters our lives. 
1 Corinthians 4.20 says, For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. 1 Corinthians 4.20 The kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. It's not just a philosophy. It's not just something you talk about. But there's power in it. Stuff happens when you enter the kingdom of God. Your life changes. Second Corinthians 4, 7 says, But we have this treasure, this treasure, the gospel, the spirit of the living God. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. Second Corinthians 4, 7. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. So the source of our ability to do the will of God is according to His power in us. It's not according to my ability to discipline myself in my flesh and do it. But it's according to His power that I'm able to do it. That's why if someone tells me they think I'm a good person, I have a hard time receiving that because it's God's glory. And I try to figure out a way to explain it to them if they don't understand that. But I always feel awkward trying to explain that to someone that doesn't know Christ. Because they don't understand what I'm saying. When I say, I'm, that's God in me. Okay. Have a nice day, weirdo. <laughs> what are you talking about? Because they haven't experienced that power in their own lives. But that power is available to all of us. Amen. And some people are able to, to live a, a pretty good life again by just trying harder and, the, and leaning on their flesh. But that only gets you so far. And even if you can fool everyone else, at the end of the day, without His power, ultimately... There's not the peace and contentment and the joy that comes only from Him. Only God has the authority over the results of our prayer, our worship, our work in our lives, but He gives us the ability to be witnesses. To be witnesses. The key to revival is for the church to exercise its ability until God exercises His Authority. Amen. You have an ability to pray today. Everybody here has the ability to pray. We all have a mouth. And we know how to use it. We might use it for our own purpose more often. But you can use your mouth to pray. You can use your mouth to to exercise the authority God has given us. And to speak the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. Beginning at Jerusalem. But it didn't stop in Jerusalem. It went to all Judea and Samaria in the uttermost part of the earth. It's God's will that there's a church here in Beaverton. And there is. But it's God's will that it be larger, not for man's glory, but for his.
Because the larger it is, the more people are there, it means there's more people saved. Pretty simple. If we are the church of the living God, it is His will for us to advance and to conquer. To be witnesses. Again, we're, we're claiming that because it's in the Word of God. It's in the Word of God. 
Obey you, Lord Jesus. Amen. God is here today.